I want to remind you that uh, John G. Lake, how many of you know of him? A powerful man of God who lived life in the Spirit. And really, we're thankful for him. We're standing today upon the shoulders of John G. Lake and the revelation that he got and the revelation that he brought to the the body of Christ in relation to this life and the Spirit. And you remember, he had a vision at one time. He was an apostle to South Africa, did a lot of work in South Africa. And one night, he, he felt drawn to go out and pray. Everybody say pray. He felt drawn to pray. Have you ever felt drawn to pray? Hallelujah. When you felt drawn to pray, you need to go ahead and pray. And so he obeyed and got up, went outside and and took off on a walk. And he ended up having a visitation from God because he decided he was going to pray. Hallelujah. And so the angel of the Lord showed up and talked to him about some things in his ministry and things that were going on. And then uh, John G. Lake asked him a question, uh, you know, what, what really should we be holding before the people as the will of God? And so the angel uh, grabbed his Bible, took his Bible, opened it up uh, to the book of Acts and began to run uh, his finger all through the book of Acts. And this is what the angel said. He said, uh, This is Pentecost as God gave it through the heart of Jesus. Pentecost, the Spirit of God coming down out of heaven into the hearts of men to live inside you and live inside me. Hallelujah. And he said, strive for this. Contend for this. Teach the people to pray for this. What? This Spirit-filled life. He said, for this, and this, the angel of God sang this, a messenger angel from God, speaking the heart of God, said, for this and this alone will meet the necessity of the human heart, and this alone will have the power to overcome the forces of darkness. Hallelujah. Come on, we have something. We have someone. Come on, we have a power. We have an anointing in us, upon us, so that we can overcome and, by the way, have the necessities of our heart met. We don't have to be lonely. We don't have to be sad. We don't have to feel forgotten. Come on, we don't have to be down and out. We've got the Holy Ghost who is our comforter. Come on, he's our helper. Glory to God. And then as the angel was departing, he said this. He said, pray, pray, pray. He said, teach the people to pray. Tonight, I want to give you a charge about praying. I'm not talking about boring prayer. I'm not talking about just tossing some words up to heaven. I'm talking about praying, meeting with God through the Holy Ghost. The angel said, pray, pray, pray. Teach the people to pray. For prayer and prayer alone, much prayer, persistent prayer, is the, heart, is the door of entrance into the heart of God. Prayer is the entrance into the heart of God. If we want to get in God, if we want to know God's heart, we're going to have to pray. And I always say this, that prayer is the entrance of God into our heart. And so if we want God in our heart, if we don't want to know the will of God, the heart of God, we're going to have to pray. Hallelujah. And so this year, at the beginning of the year, a lot of times we do this. Uh, We set aside some time for corporate prayer where we come several nights in a row when we pray together. Hallelujah. And one night this year, uh, in corporate prayer, uh, this is what the Lord told me about us 
together praying. He said, this is a holy time, a very holy time, me and my people. How I love these times and how I long for these times to be together. He said, it's precious to me and also powerful for you. In these times, much happens, and that's why you must do it by faith. Much is accomplished, much more than you know. So these times need to become more frequent. Pressing out the pressures, the stresses, the demands, and the distractions of the day. Teaming together to pray. Now, when the Lord gave me this in the midst of corporate prayer, I knew in the moment he was talking about us teaming together, us coming together. We do need to come together and pray. You need to find some times where you can come together with some saints here and pray. It's not only just to pray by yourself. We need to pray together. But as the Lord brought me to this again today, when I read that teaming together in prayer, he flipped it around and he said teaming with the Holy Ghost. Because we don't come to just pray by an agenda. We don't just come to pray by a remote. We come to pray with the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. So these times are precious. They're powerful. God likes them. He loves them. He longs for them that we get together with the Holy Ghost and we pray. And then the Spirit of the Lord went on to say, uh, make more room for such time as these. I'm going to challenge you tonight. To increase your prayer time. Increase your time in meeting with the Holy Ghost. Getting into the heart of God. And all these things that you have perceived, all the things that you saw in your spirit as we were praying will become more common and more prevalent. These times are needed. They are necessary even more than before. For the days in which you are living, this is God speaking to us. For the days in which you are living are evil and there is much more for the kingdom to be done. And then the Spirit said this, prayer and prayer alone is the entrance into my heart. The Spirit of God said that's the same thing that the angel, the messenger angel of God said to John G. Lake all those years ago. It's still the same. Prayer is the entrance into the heart of God. When we pray, we get to experience God. We get to know God more. Hallelujah. He said, prayer and prayer alone will cause the things of my kingdom to come into manifestation. Not wishing, not begging, not pleading, just prayer. Prayer in the Holy Ghost. Prayer and prayer alone will give you the power, the might, and the strength that you need to accomplish all things that I have before you. You can't do them in your own strength. And when you pray, you will receive a strength that is on high, a strength that is of me. And then you will be all that I've called you to be. Didn't pastor just say that we need to be all God's called us to be? And then out of the being place is where the doing comes. It's not the doing and then the forgetting the being. Come on, church. It's the being, and everything of the doing flows from the being. And so he said, it's from that place, that strength, uh, that you will be all that I've called you to be and that you will do all that I've called you to do. So pray, pray, pray. It's time to pray. We need to pray. We need to pray more. Hallelujah. I always say it, a powerful church is a... A praying church is a... That would go for a person too. A powerful person is a praying person. A praying person is a powerful person. Hallelujah. 
And so tonight I want to read something to you <clears throat> about prayer. You know, prayer is something that we all know we need to do. Uh, but my hope is that you can find a way to not be praying out of a drudgery or an obligation, but praying from a place of delight, of a heart to meet with God and experience God. Hallelujah. And so uh, I read things occasionally, you know, from uh, different places. And sometimes I find something and I, I'm one of those that likes to keep things for a while. And I'll use things as like uh, things to kind of stir me up or, or connect me. Like when I travel a lot and I, I have to, I need to pray in tongues a lot. Because if I'm going to bring anything that is of God, anything that is of the Spirit, anything that is of power, I know it's not going to come from me. And so I have to pray in tongues. And sometimes, you know, when I'm gone for 10 days or 14 days, it's like there's so much praying in tongues. It's just, and sometimes I'm like, oh, i got to pray in tongues again. So we, we did years ago this thing called Tongues of Fire where about 60 of our church members came together and we all prayed in tongues together for an hour. It is so powerful. I have it on my phone and man, I turn that thing on and after about five minutes and I start identifying the Lord, he'll give me people to identify. I'll find myself praying with Karen or I'll find myself praying with Tanisha or Reggie. Uh, he'll, he'll highlight voices and I can literally feel as I'm praying, us praying together. And it is so powerful. After about five minutes, I'm just, man, I'm so in it that before you know it, it's over. And I've already prayed an hour. You know, that's a resource that we have. You can get your hands on that. You can download that, make that available to you at all times. Uh, at the beginning of the year, I read something about prayer, and uh, it kind of just inspired me again about praying in tongues, and so I kept it. And so like at least once a week, I've been reading it every week just to remind myself about the power of praying in tongues. And so I'm going to read it to you tonight. I'm going to read it to you for just a minute and make a chart so that you can hear from somebody other than me. Because I know y'all are sitting there thinking she's always talking about Praying in tongues, her and Pastor Chad saying, we'll pay you money. We want. It's so important that if we could pay you money to learn to pray in tongues every day. Hallelujah. And so I'm reading something. This is from a friend of ours. Uh, he's a minister. Now, when he wrote this, he was writing it as a minister to other ministers. But as I'm reading it, there's all kinds of places for all of us, no matter where you're at with the Lord, no matter whether you're new in this spirit-filled life, no matter whether you really haven't, you know, you're just now starting to cultivate a life of prayer, whether you've been praying for many years, whether you've been praying a lot, I believe there's something in here for everybody tonight. So I'm going to read this to you. He said, I wanted to pass along some thought that I believe I received from the Lord concerning our effectiveness in prayer. Hallelujah. We want to be effective, right? And so uh, it all stems from the word uh, of the Apostle John in 1 John 4, 17, that love has been perfected in us in this, that we have, may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. I'm going to say that again. As he is Jesus, so are we, not later in the heavens, but right now in this earth, in the world, as he is, with everything he is, so are we with all the glory that he is, same glory given to us. I mean, just that scripture, just revelation of that alone will change your life. 
You know what? I, I saw a quote of Kenneth Hagin, and he said this. He said, people ask me how I learned the Bible and how I got revelation of the Word of God. Because it's really, it's more than just reading the Word. It's getting a revelation of it. A living revelation so much that you believe it and can act upon it. That's what makes it work for you. And he said this. He said, when people ask me that, he said, I tell them that I learned the Bible and I got the revelation of the Word of God on my knees praying in the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost, he's the best teacher. Hallelujah. He can teach us all things. Glory to God. So he went on to say in this letter, he said, sometimes the apostles of the New Testament drop a little power bomb while they are writing that we need to really discuss in order to get the full import of it. He said, John, John just informed us that we have the same spiritual position on earth in this epoch of time that Jesus has as he is now sitting in heaven at the right hand of the Father, ruling and reigning as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. If you think about that Jesus would be missing in his position of dominion, you would obviously have to say he is not missing anything. Jesus is lacking nothing. He did it all. It was completed. The work was finished. He accomplished it all. He's not missing anything, but has given everything that life and eternal life could offer. So spiritually, everything that Jesus has in heaven is also rightfully ours as heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ, according to Romans 8, 17. That ought to make you real excited. Hallelujah. When you're praying. And so he goes on to say, part of Jesus' current ministry as our high priest is interceding for us. Jesus, the King of glory, is interceding for you. <laughs> wow. Wow. Just about the time you think I need somebody to pray for you, just remember, we have a high priest. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. <clears throat> so he is interceding for us, the church as a whole, and also each of us individually to fully receive our inheritance. And we find that in Hebrews 7, 25 and 26, it says this, Therefore he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come uh, to him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. This is part of his job. It's part of his role. It says, for such a high priest was fitting for us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and has become higher than the heavens. So one of the purposes of the Lord Jesus, perpetual eternal life, is to number one, intercede for us, and also the saving to the uttermost of our lives. I like that. The saving of our lives. Not just like salvation, you know, name being written in the Lamb's book of life, but saving us. That whole word salvation and everything that's involved in it. Healing, deliverance, wholeness, completeness, peace, just everything that's needed. To the uttermost. To the uttermost. He saves us. And now we have seen and know that the Holy Spirit will always intercede for us with perfect prayers when we pray in tongues. 
Because it says in Romans 8, 26 and 27, likewise, the Spirit also helps in our infirmities, or that word means weaknesses. Uh, if you study out that word, it means the inability to produce results. So when you're in the place where you don't know how to produce the result needed, the Holy Ghost does. And that's what he's going to pray, whatever's necessary to bring about the desired result. But he helps us in our weaknesses. We do not know what we should pray for as we are, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. We don't know what to pray, but he always knows what to pray. He knows who, he knows the who, what, when, where, the how, and the why. And that's why I always say if we as, as a God's people would learn to just pray by the prompting, follow the leading, and just pray what he wants prayed, when he wants prayed, how he wants prayed it, just pray in tongues, then everything of God could be fully prayed through. Because sometimes, you know what? I can pray more effectively for you than you can pray for you because you're too in it. And sometimes you can pray more effectively for me than I can pray because I've got, I've got too much. I've tried to figure it all out. Hallelujah. This is what I love about the body of Christ, us being joined together. So he goes on to say, so our question is, when does the Holy Spirit intercede for us with groanings which cannot be uttered in articulate speech per another translation. And when does Jesus pray for us as the Father searches our hearts and then agrees with the Holy Spirit who is praying for us the perfect will of God? It's a question. There is an answer. And the answer is when we pray in tongues. All of that is happening every time we pray in tongues. Anytime we pray in tongues, short or long. He said all of this support system from heaven goes into full operation on our behalf when we pray in tongues. And if we don't pray in tongues, we simply squander this great grace and power that has been freely given to us by God. Remember the angel, the messenger said that this and this alone would meet the necessity of the human heart. And this and this alone would have the power to overcome the forces of darkness. This is why the devil fights you so hard on tongues. Trying to make you think you don't even know what's praying, nothing's happening, you, you don't know anything. Thank God that we're not limited to, our, to what we know. Hallelujah, thank God for that. Glory to God. Thank God that we are not limited. This is why the church fights us so hard, the tongue talkers, the power believers. Because really, really this is how we access all that God has and bring it about in the earth. It's, this is not just a kingdom in word, but it is a kingdom in power, in demonstration of the Spirit of God. We have to pray in tongues. It's a delight to pray in tongues. It's a privilege to have pray in tongues. <clears throat> uh, now this is him speaking. He said, uh, uh, I've almost prayed in tongues at least an hour a day 
since the time that I was baptized in the Holy Spirit in 1973. And so I calculated it based off when this was written by him. So he's saying that for 49 years, he has almost prayed an hour a day, almost every day for 49 years. If he can do it, we can do it. We can do it. Yes, we can. Come on. The cheerleader, come on. It's going to come out. <laughs> you know, the Apostle Paul, he said, I, I pray in tongues more than you all. And I always like to see that as a challenge. Come on. Come on. We ought to be challenging that. We ought to be when we get to heaven. Paul, let's take a look at the record here. I, I'm sure, you know, if I'm honest, he's got me beat right now, but I'm still working on it. I'm still working on it because that's a good challenge, right? He said, I had only been saved and delivered for a few weeks, but I immediately knew that I had stepped into the power source from heaven when I prayed in tongues. And I simply thought that if the disciples of Jesus could not watch and pray with him even for an hour right before he was about to go to the cross for all of mankind's sin, because they were not yet saved or filled with the Holy Spirit, that we who are saved and filled with the Holy Spirit and empowered by the Holy Spirit should be able to pray in tongues an hour a day. He said, now don't get me wrong, it's not always been an hour straight through, but throughout the day, here a little and there a little, it's an hour that's covered each day. He said, then in about a year and a half ago, the Lord had me surrender my prayer time now, find where you're at. Remember, find where you're at. He said, the Lord had me surrender my prayer time to him as a true intercessor. And he said, that means that no matter what time of day or night that he prompts me to pray, I am his for the duration until he says that I have prayed through. Now, some people may be concerned that intercession, because we're talking about Jesus making intercession. We're talking about the Holy Ghost making intercession. He says some people may be concerned that intercession would always be for other people, but no, when you let the Holy Spirit pray through your spirit, one thing that he and Jesus always covers is intercession for you. He is not going to leave you out. And again, I say anyway that he does know the who, the when, the where, the what, the how. Sometimes you might be thinking you need to pray for you, but you really need to pray for something else. Because maybe I already got you. Maybe your neighbor sitting four seats over already got you that day. <clears throat> he knows, the Lord he's talking about, that because of your assignment in life and your assignment in ministry, we all have ministry, no matter whether it's fivefold ministry or the ministry of the saints, because of your assignment in life and ministry, that you must have a full cup from which to pour out into others. And I would really say this, that really you must have a full cup to live life effectively. Because you yourself can't live an effective life if you're trying to draw off of something that's empty. So that's why, you know, we have the blessing of being able to be filled up by the Holy Spirit every day. We want a full cup. Recently I was somewhere and a minister told this story uh, that she went to a women's con uh, conference and she was in a very bad mood. She had a very bad attitude. She never said what had happened. 
She didn't say what she was mad about or what, but she had a bad, bad attitude. But she was, you know, just thinking, go to the conference. I'm supposed to be there. I'll get there and I'll work it out. And she said that she went, you know, the worship was great. And she was trying to worship. And then the word preached was good, but she just felt like she couldn't get anything. She felt like she wasn't receiving and she said she'd look around, you know, all the ladies were worshiping and you know, all these things were going on. And it was, she said it really frustrated me. So she came back day two. Day two, she's, you know, doing everything she can, still with her bad attitude. But she's trying to worship the Lord and hear the word, and, you know, pray and receive and nothing. She said all of a sudden she had a vision. And in the vision, she saw all these beautiful teacups. Remember, it was a ladies meeting. Come on, ladies. Beautiful, beautiful teacups. Men, y'all can have coffee mugs. <laughs> coffee mugs. But she saw these beautiful teacups. And all, you know, men, many of them, a bunch of them. And then she saw this beautiful uh, pot that would go over the teacups and it was pouring out. And she said it was so beautiful. And she knew that, it, that the teacup represented each lady. And that, that the uh, the pot that was pouring represented the Holy Spirit. And she said she saw that the Holy Spirit was just pouring into these ladies and it was so beautiful and so wonderful. But you know, deep down in her, she's thinking, I'm not, I'm not getting it. And all of a sudden in her vision, she said the Lord showed her her cup. It was a beautiful cup. And listen, the, the, the pot was going over it. It wasn't like, it wasn't like there was no pot, nothing, but she had a lid. She had a lid on the top of her cup. And the Lord told her that her bad attitude was the lid. And that until she got rid of her bad attitude, this is just a side note, in case anybody's got a bad attitude. <laughs> we are all laughing, but probably someone in here has had a bad attitude. Or for unforgiveness, or bitterness, or offense. Or whatever it may be. He told her, until you get the bad attitude off, I can't pour into you. And so this, just as, I, as today, you know, this is just kind of coming to me. I thought about that vision, and the Lord flipped it. And he said, many times, the reason that the Lord can't get things into us is because we're not prayers. If we are not prayer people, if we don't position ourselves in prayer to hear from the Lord, to receive from the Lord. The Lord can't get to us what we need. Many times the thing that we're praying for, the answer, the direction, the, the strength, the what can't come to us because we're not positioning ourselves. It's like when we're not positioned in prayer, we have a lid over our cup. But we need the Holy Spirit to be able to pour in in prayer it's just one of those avenues that allows the Spirit of God to pour into us. Hallelujah. Or are you feeling yet like I'm, I'm, I'm going to pray more? We'll pray more. Come on, come on. Let me find my spot now here. Uh, so he was saying that we need a full cup in order to be able to pour into others. He said, you must have all of your needs met. We should expect to have all of our needs met. That's not like being high-minded. That's not being like uh, weird. That's not being selfish. Why? Because Jesus already paid for all your needs. He already did it. It is finished. Nothing was left out. Nothing was left undone. Not one person, not one issue. 
And so we must get our needs met spiritually, physically, and emotionally. And so Jesus also, in praying for you, prays for your family members. He prays for other loved ones. And he continues to expand. This is why it might be important that we pray more than 10 minutes. And he continues to expand out to cover in intercession all that is within your view and all that is within your sphere of influence. He says, now, of course, when you are fully submitted to God for the ordering of your prayer time, he will use you to pray for others, even on the other side of the planet. He said, when I began praying this way, I found the Lord waking me up at one, two, or three o'clock in the morning. And my prayer time, listen to this. This man has a, he's a minister, but he actually runs a university. So he's got like an office, you know, he's not like sitting at home with nothing to do, just. He said, my prayer time began stretching when the Lord would wake him up in the middle of the night into two, three, four, and even five hours. Five hour stints of prayer at a time. Then he goes on to say, I always pray at least two hours in the spirit before I minister. But when I can pray for four to five hours before ministering, more miracles than I've ever seen before begin to manifest. He said, one morning the Lord woke me up to pray, and honestly, I was exhausted. And I said, Lord, really? I am so tired today. Do I really need to pray like right now? And he said, the Lord said this to me. He said, I don't have anyone else who will pray right now. What if you were the answer to someone's emergency? What if you were the one called upon? What if God can't find anybody in a life and death situation? He said, and that's when it really struck me. Could it be that even for 10 minutes or so, maybe even longer, that you might be the only one on the planet that the Lord has to pray and intercede for some situation that he says is critical? He said, there is nothing more important than to be a watchman in God's kingdom when he needs you. And nothing is more satisfying in service to the king. He goes on to say, I believe that because of the opposition from the enemy at this point in time, that the success of our ministries and our lives depend on our prayer and our word life. He said, let me share a few nuggets that will help you stay focused and committed to pray in the Spirit. He said, I used to say that after studying all the types of the prayer available to us, that we are to pray with our understanding and then bathe that prayer with prayer in tongues. But he said, now I have shifted to allow the Holy Spirit to pray through my spirit first and then to pray for interpretation of what I just prayed and then come into agreement with the perfect prayer of the Holy Spirit. Next, according to King David in Psalm 139, verses 1 and 2, O Lord, you have searched me and know me, and you know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. He said, so it seems that God knows all of our thoughts and that we can pray in tongues in our mind and be just as effective as praying out loud. That's really important, like when you're in an office environment. Or, or when you're in a car with a bunch of people, 
that you really can't. So I tried it. You know, I just I have to prove this out. Not that I hadn't done it before, you know, but I just thought I'm going to prove this out again. Because sometimes people say, I've heard people say that because tongues is supernatural and it's, it's an utterance you don't, that if you don't say it, that it's hard to do it. But I, I found today that you, if you just, everybody get real quiet and just pray in the spirit in your mind. Don't say anything. Just pray in the spirit right now. Could you do it? Everybody could do it, right? You didn't have any problems like you weren't stumbling or you right, right? Do you know that that was just as just as powerful as you saying something out of your out of your uh, mouth because the spirit of God, God can hear your thoughts. He hears that. That was like va- a valid prayer. So like you're praying every day in tongues includes when you're praying in your mind. That's like really helpful. Right? Then he goes on to say, but sometimes, you know, you do need to pray out loud for the angels to hear you. According to 1 Corinthians 13, 1 and 2, we pray in tongues that the language uh, that is the language of men and sometimes in the language of angels. And I firmly believe that there are angels who are standing by waiting for certain commissions to come out of your mouths before they can enlist the other angels to deliver what we need. Now remember, angels are not God. They're not Jesus. They're not the Spirit of God. They're instruments of God, creations of God. But they're not God, so they don't know your thoughts. And so he's saying in some instances it's important that you get your your words out in tongues. And I know most of you have heard the story, but I feel of the Lord to tell it again. About the time years ago that I was going into corporate prayer, And I was asking the Lord, Lord, you know, how do you kind of want to direct us today? And he said, in praying for the church, pray into the future. And I I told the Lord, I don't know the future. But I do know the one who knows the future, who knows all things. And so I I purposed, I said, we'll go in, we'll pray in the Holy Ghost. So I went in, I told the people, and the Lord said, we're going to pray into the future of the church. We're praying out all things that are into the future of the church. We don't know them, but the Holy Ghost does. So we're going to pray in tongues. And so we begin to pray in tongues. Everybody out loud. Why out loud? I don't know. Just out loud. We felt to go out loud. And so we were praying out loud. And as we were praying out loud in tongues, no English, no Spanish, no Edu, no whatever your language might be, no Swahili. Uh, All of a sudden I had a vision. And in the vision, as we were praying in tongues, I saw words shooting out into the spirit. I was instantly in the spirit, and I saw words shooting out into the spirit realm. And these were words in tongues. So I knew they were like, these are like valid words. Your head may not understand them, but like in the spirit, they're real words. And so these words were shooting out in the spirit. And as they were going out in the spirit, I was watching them. I was quite mesmerized by it, I remember at the moment. And all of a sudden, an angel comes from one corner and grabs one of the words and flies off. And then another angel comes. And then the angels of God were coming according to our praying in tongues. And they were taking the words that we were praying in tongues that we didn't even know. And they were taking them to go perform them, which it does say that in Psalm, what, is it 103, verse 20, that the angels hearken to the voice of the Lord, the voice of the Lord coming out of your mouth. Hallelujah. So we can't minimize praying in tongues. We can't minimize what's wrong, even though we can't see it all the time. I mean, I've only seen that once in all the thousands of hours I've prayed in tongues out loud. I've only seen that once. But I know sometimes it's happening even though I'm not seeing it. 
And even though our head's not understanding it and not knowing the words and what's happening, we have to know that things are happening in the Spirit. Hallelujah. He says, we are not alone down here. God has placed all the assistance that we need at our disposal. And so it's just a reminder that there are healing angels. There are provision angels. There are messenger angel, angels as well as guardian angels that get activated when you commission them in tongues. Now remember, you're not talking to the angels. You're not praying to the angels. You're not commanding the angels to do things. The Holy Ghost can do that for you. Hallelujah. But he said, I'm just saying here that if you have any needs at all, maybe you're being prompted to pray them in by praying in tongues. Then I've also discovered that if you need to pray in tongues in a whisper, which I do quite often in the middle of the night, that you can pray in tongues while exhaling and inhaling. He said that may seem insignificant at first, but on second thought, you are getting twice as many words in during your prayer time. He said, I like to maximize my time. And I see it as a benefit. And he said, these two prayer tips help move us closer to and help us understand more the admonition of the Apostle Paul in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, when he said to pray without ceasing. We do need times where we're in our closet, where we're quiet, where we're purposed, where we can close our eyes and, and get and pray deeply. But there are other times that we can pray, connect with God, sense the presence of God, have God with us, even while we're out and about. And this is, this is a great way. He said, my wife and I both found that even when we need to go to sleep, if we pray in tongues in our minds while we are falling asleep, that quite often when we wake up in the morning, we realize that we have been praying throughout the entire night. He said, because of this prayer journey that we have been on, I can also testify that we are expecting the most amazing season of miracles in our lives. Hallelujah. I'm going to close with this. This is a quote. Tongues were the making of my ministry. That was said by Kenneth e. Hagan. It was also a quote of Smith Wigglesworth. And it was also a quote of John G. Lake. And so I just want to encourage you, find yourself somewhere and begin to make a greater commitment to pray more. Pray more. Pray in tongues. See the value. See the privilege. See the power. And don't let anything deter you. Because really, if you go through this in the way this is done, there's really not a reason why we can't. There's, everybody spends some time in the car in the morning. You can pray in tongues. Everybody spends some time in the morning uh, getting dressed, preparing for the day that's ahead you can pray in tongues. Hallelujah. There are many times here at the church that we have pre-service prayer on Sunday morning, pre-service prayer on Wednesday nights in the back. We have Tuesday prayer. Tuesday every week at 11 o'clock, we have a Tuesday night prayer. We have all kinds of opportunities. We have early morning prayer where people come at 6 in the morning to pray. Hallelujah. I encourage you. I encourage you. I implore you by the Spirit of God. Let's do something more in the area of praying in tongues. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord. That was a wonderful introduction, <laughs> Pastor Joni. 
I just want to add a couple things. Uh, open your Bible to Acts chapter 10, if you don't mind. This is, uh, when you talk about tongues, some people, even if they're spirit-filled, they don't really understand the magnitude. I think maybe now you get it. But really, tongues is the doorway into the supernatural realm. All the gifts of the Spirit really begin with tongues. Without tongues, you're never going to understand enough or have enough faith to do any of it. Uh, if you look in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, you'll see the, the gifts of the Spirit, manifestations of the Spirit are listed. And it could possibly be in order, starting with the word of wisdom, which some say is the highest gift or best gift, more powerful gift because it gives insight into the mind of God, the plans and purposes of God. And then the bottom is tongues and interpretation. And so it's really, to, to get to the gifts, you got to go reverse order. you got to go through tongues if you're going to get. So tongues really open the door to the supernatural, to the power, to your sensitivity to those manifestations. You'll never have full sensitivity to the word of knowledge or working of miracles if you're not bathed in tongues. Because Amen. tongues uh, really kind of connects you to the Holy Ghost and sensitizes you to the power of God. Okay, so tongues is going to be uh, very important for us. And it deals with the spirit of man only. And this is why it gets put to the side. It's why it gets shelved. It's why it gets argued about. It's why... Even spirit-filled people don't do it because their mind doesn't uh, progress. How many times have you heard that from people? Well, I just don't understand what I'm doing. I don't understand what I'm saying. So, so, so humans are, are built, uh, we're, we're stuck to this earth, and so we feel like we must understand things for it to value, to be valued. So the things we see, the things we hear, the things that touch our senses or our mind are more powerful than the things of the spirit. The flesh lusts against the spirit. They're always at enmity. That's why you're always having a struggle to do spiritual things because your flesh would prefer not to. Isn't that right? Very simple. We teach on it all the time. But this is where even in Christianity, you'll see bigger response sometimes to a soulish message, things that pertain to the psychology of a Christian, or our soul, uh, our, our psyche, which is really from the Greek word suche, which is the word soul. So we're almost more interested in hearing soul messages. Tell me tips, tell me psychology things. Use the scripture to help me figure out my mind, because it's more touchable, seeable, relatable. Huge ministries have been built on ministering 95% to the soul to help you figure yourself out and to help you think right. And that's good. We need to get our brain washed and think right. Yes. But the spirit of man needs Holy Ghost ministry. Yes. Yeah. The spirit of man needs praying in tongues. Right, right. Power of God needs praying in tongues. You can have a soul-type gospel where it ministers to your mind and excites you and inflates you and, and delights you, but it's not going to connect you to the power. Right, right. So you'll be a Christian that knows a lot, but this spirit-filled life is more than just knowing stuff. This spirit-filled life is more, more than just some extra theology that we have, like we know more than you know. Right, right. Oh, no, 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 no. That will just puff you up. You must have the touch of the Holy Ghost in there. Amen. You must have the uh, engrafting of the Holy Spirit in your life Amen. or you won't have love. You can believe this scripture real strongly without the Holy Ghost. 
in your brain, you can believe it real strongly. But without the Holy Ghost, you won't have the sensitivity, nor the power, nor the love of God to go with it. And you'll be like a clanging cymbal. Without love, your faith is nothing. Without love, what you think you know more than others or, or how you've changed the way you believe about the Bible, uh, some of it's very valid and true, but without the Holy Ghost, it won't work. It's like, a, it's like a beautiful, beautiful brand new car with no gas. And the Tesla drivers are thinking... Tesla, drive, Tesla cars still need gas and fuel from the electric company. Those electric companies, do you know how they're powered? Coal, natural gas, nuclear, some, okay. We're out of something if we don't have the Holy Ghost. And so you, Mr. and Ms. Spirit-filled Christian, we've got to do our spirit-filled part. The value we bring to the body of Christ is the spirit-filled side. Really, it is. The value we bring to the world is not only the gospel, but the gospel with power. But to do it right, you're going to have to stay full. And so I think the challenge is, is worthy. Let me read you here from Acts chapter 10. This is Peter preaching to the first Gentile family. And at the end of his message, he's, he's preaching about Christ and to people that don't even know anything. Verse 44 says, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word and those of the circumcision believed, who belie- those of the circumcision believed were astonished as many as came with Peter. That means the Jews that came with Peter were astonished because, so here these Jews that were the people of God were astonished because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. Well, how would you know? Verse 46, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. And then Peter said, can they forbid water that these should not be baptized who've received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. And they asked him to stay a few days. Interesting. They were hearing the message. They were so full of God. They were so full of faith. I mean, they didn't even go through the process. They just heard it talking in tongues. And then chapter 11, he's going to go back to the apostles and explain what happened. That God has poured out to the the Gentiles, to the non-Jews. They're getting what we got. Look what he says. Verse 15, and as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them as upon us at the beginning. The beginning of what? The beginning of Pentecost. The beginning of the Holy Spirit being poured out upon believers, which happened in Acts chapter two, which is they were all with one accord in one place. The Holy Spirit fell and they heard a sound as a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole place where they were sitting. There sat upon them tongues of fire and they began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance. And and all of a sudden this, all of a sudden this fire stuff started coming. Okay. Listen, the, this got life with Jesus, this life with Christ right now is the same as in the beginning. It's the same as in the beginning. It's just that now we have air conditioning and cars. No more horse and buggy. Air conditioned cars, still Holy Ghost, still tongues, still filled, still glorious, still manifestations, still mighty moves of God. 
as long as you can have a desire. In the upper room, they had, they had a desire. Jesus said, go wait for the Holy Spirit. They, had to, they fasted and prayed for about seven days. They fasted and prayed, hungry, waiting for the Holy Spirit. Some people left. Some people got discouraged. Some people weren't that desirous. But as the psalm said, one thing I've desired of the Lord. One thing I've desired. You need a one thing. You need to really want him. Those who want the Holy Spirit in a, in a deep way, in a real way, get filled. I would say that the magnitude of your infilling of the Holy Spirit and your tongues uh, is directly related to how much do you really want it? Well, I really wanted it. I don't know about you, but I, I was totally convinced that it's a must have for every Christian. And I was one thing, one thing, I would come home from work and sit in my hotel room. I was traveling and I would want one thing, tongues, Holy Ghost, power, give it to me. Give it to me every night for three months. Every night, three months. I mean, I didn't just look up. I was reading. I'm like, what do I do? Uh, what do I do? How do I? I was hungry for the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you're hungry for the Holy Ghost, you'll get him. Amen. And you'll get filled with power and you'll speak in tongues and it'll bypass your brain. But you got to really desire. So the same stuff happens now as in the beginning, but you and I have to desire it. And then we have to keep that desire. I mean, you're going to have to kindle your flame and start praying in tongues again. What stops us? Because you have other things to do. 2,000 years ago, they didn't have much to do. If they're hoeing, they're going to hoe, they're going to hoe the ground. I mean, but you got all sorts of inputs, media. I mean, that's why everybody's fasting media. You know, I'm, I'm fasting. Just want to let everybody know I'm fasting social media. I'm saying goodbye to social media for three months. And then three months, I'm back. I'm back. Just wanted to let you know I'm back. <laughs> you and I do have some, I mean, everybody in every age has had distractions, whatever they may be. I think we probably have more distractions now where we can be uh, uh, entertained by way more things than just watching birds. Um, but as a spirit filled church, as a spirit filled people, uh, this is the door. So you got to go through the door and stay through the door and recognize that all the power that you read about all the testimonies you hear, it, it, it does have something to do with you. Amen. Like it's not just stories. It's not just from the Bible and, and it's, it's something you can have. Well, how come we're not seeing it? That's the wrong question. The right question is. What am I going to do to see it? What am I going to do to cause it? Amen. No Christian should be sitting there thinking, I want to see a miracle. I've never thought that in my life. I've never sat there thinking, I want to see a miracle. Never. My thought was, what do I got to do to do one? If nobody's doing them, who, how, how am I going to do one? That's how I started doing miracles. It's like, I didn't see any miracles. I started doing them. what you need to be thinking about. You need to be finding some gifts that God can use you in, especially Wednesday nights. This is, and then our smaller meetings, uh, it's a time for you to be used. Manifestations, tongues, interpretation, prophecy, words of knowledge, wisdom, power, miracles, faith, healings, discerning of spirits.
Stay in tune. Stay open to it. Pray in tongues at home a bunch and then come to church expecting that God's going to use you somehow. may not be in front of everybody, but the, the, the best miracles sometimes don't happen in front of everybody. Amen. The most notable miracles sometimes don't happen in front of the congregation. They happen even with Jesus. Most of the, the most notable testimonies didn't happen when he was ministering healing to the multitudes. Right. It was when he left the mountain. It was when he was walking into the house. It was when he got off the boat. It was when he was one-to-one. That's when you get the mighty testimony. Right. You pray for 100 people in a prayer line, you don't know what happened till later. So let's do it. Is everybody doing it? Whatever it takes, let's do it. Let's pray in tongues till the earth shakes. Is anybody here not prayed in tongues yet and wants to pray in tongues? Anybody not pray in tongues, but would like to pray in tongues? We'll help you. If you're too embarrassed to raise your hand, we're going to get you a different way. First, first, I just want to encourage you. I, I want you to want, isn't that an old song? I want you. Oh, I'm sorry. That's what the Lord would be saying. I want you to, I want you to want him. I mean, you got to want him. You got to, you got to be willing to say, you know what? I don't understand this thing, but Jesus said I needed him. Jesus said, I'm supposed to pray in tongues. Ah, I better go after this. I better let go of my pride and my embarrassment and my uncertainty about my natural, you know, my brain isn't all that smart anyway. Why don't you go ahead and admit that and say, Jesus thinks I need it. So I'm going to get it. People have out tried to outsmart God so long with so many excuses. So I need you to want the Holy Ghost. God needs you to want the Holy Ghost and the power that comes with him and the tongues that comes with him. And then there's some other manifestations and other administrations and other operations that he might use you in. But it's going to begin with the anointing of God, the, the touch of God's Holy Ghost and his presence and his gift of God upon you. It's going to begin with that. How do you know if you got that? Tongues come out. You fill with the Holy Spirit, tongues come out. So everybody needs to get filled with the Holy Spirit and, and develop their prayer language. Your first syllables will be the beginning of your new language. And the, and the more open and deep and the more deep your hunger is, the more will come. So I say you got to make sure you're using what you got. Some people stop praying in tongues because they only had a few syllables. How many, how many was like that? You, you only had a few syllables but you finally got more. How many raise your hand if you only had a few syllables, but you finally got more? See that? I only had about six syllables uh, for 10 months. I prayed my same syllables over and over and over and over and over. I mean, hours at a time, 10 months. And then I finally got it all. Thank you for joining Pastors Chaz and Joni today from Houston Faith Church. If you're looking for a good home church in Houston, Texas, we'd like to invite you to be our guest anytime. What you'll find is that Houston Faith Church is highly committed to the Word of God, the love of God, and the Spirit-filled life and ministry that Jesus expects. We know that everyone wants to make a difference in this life, and that the Great Commission of the Lord Jesus Christ is the main thing for all of us. You'll find your purpose here and grow strong in faith at Houston Faith Church. Find more faith-building resources on our YouTube channel or subscribe to our free audio podcast. You can also connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. See you soon.